Hello. Hey, Jackie. Welcome to the podcast. Jackie and Joey talk about things. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, we're available now on Stitcher and all your other podcast uh, venues, which is very exciting to me. So, Yeah. Wait, are we on Spotify now? Um, no, we, we, I've started that process too. You basically have to, it's not like you really apply, but you kind of do have to apply. So okay. Like put it in there. You don't really do anything. Like I think they approve everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stitcher was like that. We had to like send the link and stuff. And then. Better make sure you're not just like sending like white noise and calling it a podcast. <laughs> or possibly like that, um, that one guy that was like spewing hate aggressively. I was going to say like 30 minutes of racial slurs. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just not us going up there and saying we're sponsored by, you know, Dove Soap and then just a, a pure <laughs> racism coming out of our mouths. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. But yeah, that's, I'd imagine um, something around those lines. Anyways, speaking of being sponsored by Dove Soap, we are not sponsored by Dove Soap. Who are we sponsored by this week? Joey. Uh, we're sponsored by Pivotal Tracker. Um, Pivotal Tracker. Yeah, I was hoping you can give a little. Um, I was hoping yes. you could read the, the product information for us today. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll read the the blurb that we got from the uh, our lovely sponsors at Pivotal Tracker that I totally just have on hand, ready to go. But um, Pivotal Tracker, it's the tool to it's the premier project management tool to help our software development teams organize their work. Uh, if you've ever used anything else to organize your software development, like uh, Trello or maybe Jira, you'll see that Pivotal Tracker is extremely opinionated for the way that we build software and uh, hence making it a very simple and streamlined tool for you to use. So uh, check it out, y'all. Uh, let us know uh, if you enter Jackie and Joey on the website, you get a discount code uh, for 50% off your Pivotal Tracker subscription. Uh, just go Jackie and Joey into Pivotal Tracker. Excellent. Well, now that we got that out of the way, uh, how was is, how is your week, Joey? Oh, it's been, uh, it's been good. Short week, which is exciting always. Um, yeah, like I, I was trying to think of, of some big things happening. Um, you know, just kind of working on uh, spending a lot of time reading up on security. Uh, security. security. Yeah, not home security or crib security, um, but security for our applications, especially in the federal space and other mm. uh, clients. Actually, realistically, every one of our enterprise clients is yeah. very motivated by security. It's a hot topic for security or for our clients, for sure. Absolutely. So I was reading nice. about this thing called the... Uh, OWASP, which is the Open Web and Security Protocol or something like that. Uh, nice. I actually don't know what all the letters stand for, but uh, nice. just a standard set of tools and security. So I spent a lot of time uh, around that. Um, yeah, what about you? How was your week? It was good. Um, I think the last time we talked, so unfortunately we missed last week. The stars did not line and we did not record an episode last week. No. Uh, but the week before, if you, for all our devoted listeners, where we talked about our uh, my upcoming Adobe live stream. So now two weeks later, that has actually happened. Um, and I know we didn't announce it on the podcast because we didn't know yet at the time if it was going to happen. But if anyone wants to check it out, just go to YouTube and search Jackie Ho Adobe. You'll, you'll see the live stream that I did. There are three separate videos. Each one is about two hours long. But what's exciting is on the third video, 
we did a live user interview and we had none other than Joey as our user, uh, which was super fun. Yeah. got a lot of great feedback about, um, how fun it is to, um, to show that part of the design process. I think, I think a lot of the designers that Adobe ends up bringing in are, um, have a, have a lot of like more UI and visual focus rather than, um, than a research focus. So I think for a lot of the, well, I don't know necessarily for all the designers that they bring in, but I think certainly for a lot of the viewers, especially when you're just getting, uh, into your career, um, it's just harder to dive into the research aspect since if you're not actually building something real, it's kind of odd to like go out and do fake user research. So I can see it being sort of a harder thing to pick up. But I think for a lot of those, um, those growing designers seeing a live user interview and the way that we ask questions and prepare for them and the important talking about the importance of it and how we include into our design process, I think is always really awesome. So fun times had Joey. We also got to plug the podcast at the end. Welcome to all the new new listeners from the Adobe X. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, yeah. that's true. We probably are blown up now with, we plugged the, yeah. We should check out our analytics, but awesome. Hello, new listeners. Thank you for joining. Um, good thing today. We're going to talk about something that isn't super design focused. So I'm really sorry. I know. Yeah. It's not exactly a design podcast, but um, if you're new here, I would suggest you uh, check out the first couple episodes uh, to get like a quick dive into who we are and what we kind of talk about in a lot of, a lot of our episodes. But um, Joey, so for today's episode, I really wanted to ask you about this thing. Cause I don't think I've actually, ever really talked about it that much with um, an engineer and that's the idea of engineer career tracks or like engineering career growth or like paths um I think if I think I'd love to hear your thoughts on like I think sometimes people I think a common challenge that I think I hear engineers talk about is how um it's I think it's hard for organizations to have like and places for senior engineers to grow into that aren't like being a manager or like a director. Like, what does it mean if I just want to like solve harder and harder engineering problems? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that's like, so I will say that like, so I think some orgs like Google, for example, they have things in place to allow engineers to be sort of like these, you know, really, heads down kind of superstar level engineers. But I would say, I would say that like at a company like ours at Pivotal, it's not so much a thing. We don't really, it's definitely a thing that we actually try to avoid, which is that idea of having like these superstar engineers that are like just off solving problems by themselves. Uh, but would love to hear your thoughts on that. Cause you know, management is not for everyone. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you touched on all all the things there, right? And there's, there's <laughs> two, two there are two main things, which is like, hey, from any any career, realistically, um, you know, you have a skill or a practice or something that you're really good at, and you can either keep doing that and be the best at it, like individually, or you start to have a larger impact uh, at your organizational level. And how do you kind of help others kind of grow, but also keep going deep? So inside of Pivotal, yeah, we have we have two tracks. It's not like that's the only way. It is just kind of for labs. It's, it, it like makes a lot of sense. Um, but I think of it this way. I think of my ability to be a technical expert in something 
um, is, is twofold. It's A, what are the kind of problems that I'm solving? So for me to actually like be really deep technically, maybe I do, I just need to be at Google. I need to be solving really huge problems. And maybe as a consultant at Pivotal, you're, you're not really always solving really huge complex problems with infrastructure and networking and everything else. Maybe <laughs> you're just not doing that. So if you if you if that's the desire of the actual problem that you're solving, right? Like how do I how do I keep getting excited as an engineer about the problems that I'm solving? Um, the other one is this like, so so like that might be a track of growth, right? Where I can't grow anymore at this organization because the problems that I'm solving mm. are I'm building a web app, like I'm done growing, you know, like there's nothing for me to grow in, in that area. So it's more about like what are opportunities that I can just look for at other organizations as opposed to like pivotal trying to create roles for that kind of individual yeah like i mean r&d like inside of our you know some of our other sponsors as you've heard on our past episodes <laughs> products are solving pretty large complex problems and and we break those product teams in areas that they um you know that, that they're kind of working on that and maybe it's like hey i need to go there to solve some bigger problems and impact a bigger or larger piece of a product but um so it's not a pivotal it's like you could do that uh, I don't know if Pivotal is just going to make a role. And in growth is not to say, like, I need to, for me to be at the next level, I need to be, um, you know, I need to learn Java so well that I'm writing books on it. You know, like, I think growth inside of labs to me, you know, if I think about consulting, it means, like, for me, like, I would say you are the best pivot in, in labs if no matter what project it is, no matter what the scope is, no matter who the client is, I can put you on there and you will have a positive impact and you'll start changing the, the project and the product itself for the positive or the better. Mm-hmm. I think that like to me, you have mastered what we do here, which is having a positive impact. So that means that as an engineer, you need to be technically sound in making large architecture or large scale decisions. So you need to be good technically because I'm, you can't, you might not be able to change a team of full seniors. So if again, if I say no, you know, context um, aside, this this team, no matter what the team is like, uh, you will make a positive change. Well, if you're a really good consultant, but you're actually not technically skilled, um, and this team is full of 25-year Google engineers, you might not be able to actually make an impact because they're not. They might not respect decisions because you know you don't have technical abilities that they're like that you can speak to with them. So, so I'm saying, okay, you can't make an impact on that team. Meaning, I don't think you're like. I think you still have room to grow. That means that go learn ways to be more technically sound, to keep growing, to say, put me on this team with people that are super skilled and have an impact for positive change on that, on that team. So that's an area of growth for an individual. And then the other thing that I think is like pretty big um, that you see inside of Pivotal itself is you could become, you can start into people managing or um, the managing of, of uh, delivery of like products. Uh, you know, if we think about what Apple and Apple or Apple has is in the sense of like, a delivery lead is somebody that's responsible for more than just their practice, but for a whole team and a whole organization and how that like is scoping out. Um, if I think about it just again in a labs context, that means you're gonna become either a people manager um, and for everyone out there that works at an organization that isn't pivotal, like our engineering managers are a bit different than what people are used to. Um, and an organization say like X, Y, or Z, you know, whatever, uh, an engineering manager might be responsible for um, the direction of the engineering team that they're managing, like the five, six, eight people that they're managing. Like the work the way, itself. The work itself, the way that the product is building, the decisions they're making technically. Um, inside of Labs, you are a conduit, I would say, for the growth of individuals and the happiness of individuals on product teams to a leadership group somewhere. Um, I think you can be more or less in that role, but I think people sometimes equate 
they might come to our organization and be like, I need to be a manager because that's like the next big thing. Um, and I think that's only if you're really interested in, in mentorship, coaching, and that kind of stuff. I think mm -hmm. that's where our managers are going to have like the biggest impact. Personally. Yeah. So what's the, what's the current path look like if you were like a pivotal labs engineer that wasn't interested in, in doing, you know, that coaching and mentorship? Yeah. So for us, it's like, we, you know, we use a leveling system that you can, um, that is like based on the idea, I think, uh, in the industry, which is like, you can be senior engineers, you can be a, an engineer, a junior engineer. Um, I think the terms around the industry are staff and principal that are above those. Uh, and we, you know, we, because we want to stay relevant in the industry and be competitive in the industry, we, we really need to align with a lot of what everyone else is doing. Um, so we look at saying like, what to us makes a senior engineer? You know, is it tenure? Is it experience? Uh, is it um, technical stack? Is it, a, is it consulting ability? And I think what we want to do is say like, what is important to us as a pivotal labs consultant? Which that means um, you need to have the ability to, like I'm, me personally, I don't know if the organization agrees as a whole on this, so I, I'll just say, I will caveat that these are my opinions. I believe that like, you are a regular engineer here. If you're, you're good technically, um, you know, you can, you can kind of solve technical problems and you're, you're just kind of learning how to consult um, because you're solving, not, you're solving technical problems, but you're not solving people problems yet. I think you're a senior engineer. When you have a stronger grasp on, on uh, technical problems, meaning you can take something from start to finish, like you can start a product. Uh, or a new project and then end it. Um, I don't think all like non-senior people can do that. Um, and you have the ability to work with a specific subset of individuals. Like you can really impact change on, on people that are like your peers and, and, and maybe a couple years junior than you. I think that you start to become, um, that's a senior to me. I think you start to become staff and principal when you are um, making technical decisions and, and evolutionary architecture and like kind of building your product from the ground up but also impacting products in the suite um, sometimes we have that opportunity where we work with clients that bring three or four things to us and you might be somebody that's sitting in that room saying like, here's how we might begin this thing so that we're connecting to everything together and we're kind of doing that. You know, you have a broader technical stroke, not just like singular in that product line. And your consulting chops are, you can pretty much work with just about everyone. You know, like I would say there are few few product teams that I would say we'd put you on and you would have like a hard time adjusting to. There's still some, um, but there's just, there's just like very few of them. And so it's like, all right, the next thing you got to do is like keep working on that so that no matter where I put you, you are the bee's knees, you're consulting, you're helping people, you're moving them along, they're growing, they're looking to you for like advice. And, you know, realistically that those people like want to hire you immediately uh, afterwards, you know, like, which yeah. is success signs of, of, I think, of an engineer as well. But I think that, to me, is like growth instead of pivotal. It's keep growing in those areas. Yeah. And some of them just take time. Consulting, in my opinion, takes time. It just takes, you need to see a lot of different people. You need to deal with a lot of different personalities. You need to have lots of um, interactions with people that have dealt with them. So to me, it takes time to become a really good consultant. Um, you know, and if we don't lose those consultants to things like Apple or something. <laughs> um, oh, man, I had a question in there, but I totally, I totally don't remember. But not I'm curious. Artist. So I think what's interesting about that response, Joey, is that you're not necessarily talking about, like, as you increase your 
your skill or as you rise through those different those different levels, we're we're just kind of talking about like comp and promotion, but it doesn't change anything about your title necessarily or how you're staffed. I mean, it can in terms of like a director having really high confidence that you could just dive in and, you know, tackle a really challenging client. But like to the client, you actually just appear the same as another engineer on the team. Um, And that's like very, that's very, very purposeful, right? That's not like, that's, that's, that's really part of like the culture that we're trying to impart on our clients as well. Um, Not having that sort of hero engineer mentality. Um, But it's, and the last thing I was going to say, it's not like an increase in responsibility either. Like there's not this like, Oh, as I, you know, become like a senior engineer, like I have more like sway in like, you know, engineering decisions or like design decisions that we make on the team. Like it has none of that. Do you think that that like is the right direction to go slash like what is there value in saying like, no, like let's raise these engineers to like a higher level and like put them as part of, you know, in this position where they are making more kind of like, bigger decisions for a team. Yeah, I, I do believe there's a there's a missing part there that I didn't mention, which is, you know, Pivotal wants to promote you, right? Like, I want to promote you. I want to give you more money. I want to give you a better title. Um, but I'm not going to do that. And, in, in, like, I don't feel great doing that in a, in, in a bubble in isolation. So what I would like to see is, as you keep growing in those roles and levels, the impact that you have uh, inward and then hopefully externally and outward-facingly has to start increasing or has to start growing. I would expect that as a senior to staff engineer or whatever, um, that your impact on the lab to me, uh, you know, on the organization that we have in our office should start to increase. Like, mm-hmm. um, you should but be somebody it, that is holding, you know, like yeah. conversations around me. Go ahead. Or like her practice talks. But it's, but it's like, but I like that you're talking about it as like, you're, you're increasing your impact, but you're not, increasing your like power, which I think is what does end up happening at other organizations. Yep. Your responsibility is not to, you will influence decision, right? You will influence it, but you'll influence it hopefully at a greater scale. Like what my ask would be is not to say, go to that team and tell them what to do. It's build a culture where you're empowering individuals with knowledge because of the, of all the the things that you've learned to have those ideas organically themselves. Because again, we don't want to look like an organization that charges you X amount of dollars per person. And then you have to say, like, well, is that person a senior? Or what are they? Like, we don't want you because we believe that our pivots are autonomous. They can all make decisions together. We will totally. most likely staff a team in a great way, in a, in a, in a very um, uh, balanced way. You know, well, yeah. Balanced and well thought way where we, we're not going to just give you four people right out of university to, to like work on this. Like we will give you some individuals that can kind of work on that. But yeah, I, I would say that that's really key for labs. It's not been the same everywhere I've worked. Like, you know, like the more I increase you in title, the more I increase your responsibility and, and um, in decision-making on the product and the teams itself. That's why I said like engineering managers and most, most other organizations, you are responsible for the direction and the, and the outcome of that product team. Like you are the one that's saying like, how are we integrating? What are we building? Like what stack is it on? You have to make those decisions um, and you have to be responsible for that. And they're going to look to you first before they look to the, they're not going to say like, oh, team, why did you make this decision? They're going to be like, well, Joey told me to do it. Um, and that's like the big difference is you should be someone that could do that, 
but you, we don't want you to be someone that does do that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious actually for yourself. Um, so currently are you an engineering manager as well? I do. I am a manager of multiple disciplines. Okay. Okay. And is that a recent thing since becoming a labs lead? It is. Yep. Cool. Um, I'm curious. So I guess maybe like if you could tell me about, and this is a question that someone asked me, I'm curious how you would respond, which is, so like prior to joining Apple as a practice lead, uh, you were a labs engineer and you were not a manager, correct? Correct. And in some ways in joining the Apple team, even though you weren't like an actual manager, you're doing a lot of like manager type activities as far as like, helping to grow a practice and like enabling individuals and like doing one-on-ones and like mentoring individuals. Um, and you're just doing that with your client. Um, and so I'm for you, did you feel like at that point when you decided, Hey, I think I'm going to go do this Apple thing. Were you like comfortable with where you were? Did you feel like you how do I phrase this? I can't remember the exact wording this person used when they asked me this question, but it was like, did you feel like you were where you wanted to be in terms of like an engineering as an engineer or like engineering skills that you were like, I'm comfortable that I'm like going to like pause growth on like being an even better engineer to like switch to being sort of like more of a manager slash director kind of thing. Yeah, that's really interesting, actually, because that is exactly what we do, right? Like, we, not to say that we, we don't have an opportunity avenue, like, when I was in Apple, to kind of continue to grow my practice, but I'm not, like, you know, I'm not saying... Much less. Yeah. yeah. So, it was, like, um, but what was interesting is that I was able to, I would say, leap to the next level um, or kind of apply what I did know and apply and kind of, like, build around a, a level of mentoring and coaching because it, it, it meant that, like, I had to take those skills that I did have and say, how can I apply this broadly, larger strokes, to say, I'm not going to teach you how to write, like, you know, big O1 algorithms. Like, that's not what I'm doing. That that would have been me going deeper in my technical ability, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I will do is help you understand, like, what it means to test well. And that technical growth for me came from just, like, what I've learned from Pivotal. What it means to operate in, in an XP fashion. Um, what it means to, like, ask the right questions in IPM and be an engineer that um, that is part of a product team, not just somebody that's executing something. Um, what it means to, you know, to take ownership and that kind of stuff. That's like the, it was my consulting that I got to like put on display, which meant that like my engineering went by the wayside. So, you know, like I separated those two. I separated it like, I was, no one ever asked me about my technical ability, like when I was on site and stuff. It wasn't like, I, I never had to like prove myself. Yeah. Right. It was always questions around like consulting um, and like how, using consulting, how to like grow practice and growth and stuff like that. So I don't know if I was ready to stop writing <laughs> software fully. Um, I think like, you know, when it happened, I was like, oh shoot, I haven't written software in a long time. Um, and I say that today now, right? I have, I still, I've done some side stuff, but I, I haven't written production software for an enterprise since friggin' 2017. Um, you know, a long time ago. So I don't even think that was production software. I don't even think we went to Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how I knew for me, like I wanted growth and I thought that was an opportunity and avenue for growth. It definitely was. I learned so much in yeah. that transition, that jump. Um, I was, I, I grew new skills. I honed some skills that I had. Um, none of those skills were 
specifically engineering, as in I didn't get any better at writing really complex algorithms, for sure not. Um, but is that all that's engineering? Uh, if you ask an interviewer at any organization, yeah. Um, <laughs> but if I, ask, like, <laughs> if I ask anyone realistically, I don't think so. I think that like that is just a, a, an aspect of doing it, but to write good, clean, fun software, you need everything else that we kind of right. bring to the table. Totally. And that's the key stuff. What yeah. about you? Yeah, I've, it's funny. I feel like your response is like pretty much exactly what I I said when uh, when this designer had actually asked me, and and I and I think to a certain extent, like it's it's kind of funny because I think when she asked me, um, shout out to her if she's actually listening to the podcast. Um, I think when she asked me, she threw me a little off guard, and I think in some ways we're kind of similar in personality when it comes to like us being like, hey, like there are a lot of really interesting challenges here and whether I'm ready or not, I'm just going to dive right in because like, if they're going to take me, I'll do it and let's just go <laughs> forward and learn. And that's really yeah. how I operate. I'm not like, am I, I don't like take a lot of time to question whether or not I feel ready or if I feel comfortable with leaving something behind. Um, I'm pretty like short term when it comes to things like that. And we've kind of like touched on topics like that on the podcast. So, um, yeah, I guess like I never stopped to think like, hey, am I, do I feel good enough, good, good enough about my learning as a designer? I mean, I, I think to a certain extent, like, I guess I did because I think I was at the point where I had been at Pivotal Labs for about a year and a half and I was in the place where like throw me any client, any design challenge, like I will be really comfortable with taking it on and iterating on practices or solving really complex you know, domains and things like that and, or taking on really tricky stakeholders and what have you. So I guess in that sense, I did feel really comfortable that like with every new incremental, with every new labs project, I didn't feel like there was like a whole new set of like, uh, growth. Um, I mean, not to say that there wasn't any, but there certainly, I saw much larger opportunities for challenges, um, in joining Apple for sure. I think people and I think people would answer a different way, right? They might be like, every project I go on, I learn something new. And I, I would, I'm, I'm I think I would still say that. Like, I yeah, was learning stuff I was learning, I was learning new personalities. Like I was talking about, like just seeing different personalities. But I felt like from a technical perspective, I was like, I think I'm, I'm doing a similar yeah. thing. Yeah, like, I kind of like, I know, I know. That's probably true here. too. Yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah, t- I think though? towards. Yeah, I think towards the end, I would say like with every new product, I was def or project, I was definitely solving really kind of straightforward design challenges. It was like, especially at the end, I was doing a lot of like consumer flows and stuff like that. And I was like, this is, you know, I know really interesting consulting challenges, but design wise, you know, felt very comfortable. Cool. Well, we are over time. Uh, Not that it matters to anyone else that's listening because it doesn't (laughs) actually matter to you all. But um, I'm trying to think if I have, I have a travel tip. Do you have a travel tip? I know no, you haven't been traveling. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know if I'm still an executive platinum member at, at American, <laughs> Airlines. You know, American Airlines. If you're listening, uh, you should probably give it to me because I uh, promoted your company for a long time last year. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I don't have any travel tips. I, I I actually only recently found out. I don't know. I don't, and I don't know why this is, should be a surprise to me. 
But when I went to do the Adobe thing, Adobe paid for my hotel and it was like absurdly expensive. Like I have no idea why, but what that means is that the points that came in, oh my goodness, so many points because it's based on the dollar value, not based on like the type of hotel or the number of, I mean, it's based also on the number of nights, but only by a function of the cost. And so I was like pleasantly surprised when my, uh, my account just shot up like four times more than a normal week when I travel. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I also tell your client you're being very mindful of how you spend their money. Oh, I'm so, so mindful. You, I, it could so be yeah. so much worse. <laughs> yeah, um, so, you know, you were excited to watch many yeah. points jump in your account. Totally. And, and another, I guess it's not a travel tip, but uh, Boston is popping off in February or March or something. Hotels just shot oh, up by so much. It's just, I don't know what's going on in Boston, but uh, everyone it just got really expensive for some reason. So I've, I've like, I'm like booked up for like two months of hotels because you can always cancel that stuff. Um, so I don't, it's crazy. I don't book your hotels early enough. Book your hotels early because you can always cancel them. Yeah, there you go. That's definitely a travel tip. All right. Well, we're pretty much at 30 minutes. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, Joey. And see you all next time.